0: Alright, hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Gasoline and Caffeine. Uh, I know it's been a while since uh, you guys have heard from me, in almost two months, uh, but that's alright. We're back now, uh, just things like life work and all that stuff kind of gets in the way and this is one of the things that happens to slip through the crack. I don't mean for it to, it just happens from time to time, but that's okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about the new GR86, the 2023 GR Corolla, and possibly a DeLorean revival in an electric form. All of that and more on this episode of Gasoline and Caffeine. Alright, welcome back everybody. Welcome to another episode of Gasoline and Caffeine. I don't remember what episode this is. Um, I know it's been a while. I apologize for that. It's been like two months not quite it was like february 13th february 14th was the last time i uploaded um like i said i apologize i don't mean for that to happen but things like life you know get in the way work i have a one year old um all of that just kind of you know makes things to uh, happen, happen sometimes hectic and then this is one of the few things that slips through the cracks you know obviously this isn't i don't make a living doing this i don't make any money doing this this is just a guy who really likes cars and racing and stuff talking to a microphone by himself and that's really it So from time to time, I'm going to forget. I don't mean to. Um, Like I said, my goal is to make this a weekly thing. And I I just, that's entirely my intent every time I sit down and record. And like I said, things just happen and I forget. Um, So like I said, I apologize for that, especially if anybody listens to this uh, religiously. I don't know how many people out there listen to this that often. I have some metrics that I can use on an app that I I look at on my phone, but it doesn't tell me specifics other than an estimated audience, which doesn't mean much because it doesn't mean that it's, you know, a unique user. I think sometimes it just estimates based on how many plays I get, things like that. Um, So anyway, whatever, we're back. Um, Today's April 12th. Um, Hopefully I'll be releasing this later today. If not, it will be released April 13th. uh, some of you guys know some of you guys don't I've switched from working overnights to working days finally um, I was working nights uh, I was working Friday night to Tuesday night from like six to three in the morning, 6 p.m to three in the morning and now I finally switched to days I work from well I was working from uh, Tuesday to Saturday 9:30 a.m. to 6 p.m now, uh, this Amazon warehouse I work at, we're switching to four ten. So now I'll work Wednesday to Saturday, seven thirty a.m. Uh, to six p.m. Um, some days the time's going to be a little bit different because I'm trying to move up uh, within the warehouse and get more responsibility, make more money, you know, prove myself, kind of thing. Um, so I can get out of the the just the the crap work that's all the way at the bottom of the warehouse. I'm trying to get away from that, and so my hours will be different. It'll probably be more like seven to 7 to seven. Depending on what I'm doing, Um, but anyway, because of that, getting used to that again, plus having a one-year-old and just all the other life things, you know, just kind of gets in the way. And like I said, stuff slips through the cracks, and this was uh, one of them. So, but anyway, we're back. So today, we're gonna start off with talking about the new Toyota GR86 and a of the customers of the original uh, cars that came out, the, uh, Toyota FT86, the BRZ and the Scion FRS, uh, none of those exist anymore, by the way. Um, but now this new one, one thing that a lot of the customers talked about was it needed some more power. It was never a car that was meant to have, you know, balls to the wall type of power, like some other, uh, smaller two-door rear wheel drive front engine cars. Um, it was just meant to be small, light, nimble, cheap, and fun to drive. And it hit all of those boxes and then some. But some people really said, you know what, there's a cheap way. You could add some power to this thing, give it a little more oomph and, and power uh, without, you know, adding too many zeros uh, to, the, to the overall cost of the car. So, some of you probably already guessed by now, the new GR86 is getting a turbo. Um, it's going to be 300 horsepower now. Um, and it was so it was originally launched in 2012. And ever since then, everybody said they wanted more power. Um, it's not called the GT86 anymore. Like you probably noticed now, it's called the GR86. Uh, GR, which we'll talk about with the GR Corolla 2, uh, is Toyota's like in-house racing company called Gazoo Racing. Um, it's kind of like AMG is with Mercedes and then uh, M Sport is with BMW. Something, something along those lines. Um, but this car is going to be... Uh, Let's see, this is via Forbes.com, kind of a weird source for a car, but uh, that's where we're going to get all of our facts today for this story, and like I said, anytime I talk about stories or specific articles, I always link them in the description, so you guys can go check them out yourself, so you can see pictures, Um, if there's video, you can see video, you can see exactly what I'm seeing, Um, and then that way you guys aren't, you know, just left in the dark, and just to um, take my word for it, you guys can go and read exactly what I'm reading. Um, so this version does not have a turbo simply because Toyota wants to keep the sporty coupe's price hovering around 30000 and it reaches young and more mature sports car lovers, or says so, says Gazoo. That's why Toyota left the significant modification process up to the dozens of car customizers ready and waiting to bolt on a turbo and upgrade the suspension and brakes necessary for the extra power. Um, TOMS Unveiled their TOMS GR86 Turbo providing proving that fully fitted, complete cars boasting more power and meaner arrow are a definite possibility. Um, so it's getting a facelift along with the engine. I know I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I just got to get back into the... I, my notes kind of suck because it's just been so long. I didn't really know what to do. I kind of just picked some stuff that I wanted to talk about and decided to go from there. Um, aside from getting a power plant upgrade... Um, it does get a facelift from this front three quarter shot that I'm seeing. This does kind of look like a, um, a render almost. It doesn't look like it's an actual photo. I could be wrong though, but this one, it, the body styling, it's a lot smoother. If you guys are familiar at all with the GT86 BRZ FRS models, um, this one is a lot smoother. It's a lot rounder, um, it's not quite as angular, it doesn't look quite as aggressive, and I don't really like that that much, but that being said, I do like it, it does look decent, I just liked the older ones better, I just like the way they looked more, um, it's not a bad looking car, it just looks, it's just different, it's just like I said, it's softer, it's a lot more rounded, um, I, yeah, I just like the old the way the old one works. It almost looks like a uh, it's got a similar-ish profile to like a 370, 350, 370Z somewhere in there, um, which I don't really like that too much. I like that car. I just, this is supposed to be something different. Looking at it from the side, that's, you know, that's kind of what I see. Um, this one that they're specifically showing is a Tom's tuned version that we were just talking about. Um, this was unveiled in Tokyo. Um, it's got a little bit of a wide body kit on it. It's got some aftermarket parts, but overall it looks very similar to the original. Yeah, you know, the original base car. Um, the rims are a bit different. But it does look good. Um, so I'm gonna go to Toyota's website and see what uh, what they say. GR86. There we go. Toyota.com. Yeah, we're gonna go see. Okay, so right off the bat you go to the website 2022 GR eighty six and you know there's the that fake picture of the car that pops up and it gives you the color options and everything. So let's go to build. Um yes, that's my location. All right, so when you build, there's two there's only two trims. There's a GR eighty six base and a GR eighty six premium. Um the base starts at 27.7 and the premium starts at 33. So 27,700 versus 30,300. So let's go with the premium. Um, Based on pictures alone, the rims are slightly different on the premium. The body doesn't look any different at all. It does look like it has a spoiler, but other than that, it doesn't really look too different. So let's go, okay, let's compare. Yeah, 17 versus 18 inch wheels. That's the difference in the wheels, which I kind of figured. Uh, you get LED headlights and turn signals between the two. Obviously, the premium has them, the other one doesn't. Um, LED, oh no, the GR86MT standard LED headlights and turn signal indicators. The premium doesn't. What? Strange. Premium auto-level dual headlamps, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let's go to the power plant performance. Here we go. Um, so they all have... Okay, so as far as performance goes, they're the same. Multi-link rear suspension, circuit-tuned coil spring, shock absorbers, and stabilizers, uh, Torsen limited slip differential, 11.6 um, and 11.4 uh, rotors front and back, respectively, 2.4-liter four-cylinder boxer, Um, short throw, six speed, six speed electronically controlled automatic transmission is available. Um, but it comes standard with the short throw six speed, which is cool. And then vehicle stability control with track mode. That's standard. So it looks like all of the optional the bells and whistles, it's going to be like safety and technology stuff. Like if I go to safety on Toyota's website, the only thing that does not come with, um, the base standard is blind spot detection. That, But that's really it as far as safety because we've got technology. There's a couple of things like leather trim. Most of this stuff, like real car guys, really aren't going to worry about too much. Um, some people will care, but for the most part, guys aren't r- really going to worry about this stuff too much because a lot of the stuff is going to end up getting you know, cut out. All right. So we're going to build it with six-speed manual. Yep. And then there's seven colors, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yep. And so it comes with Halo, which is like a whitish, creamish color, Steel, which is gray, Raven, which is black, but not quite black. Then my favorite color is Neptune. very It's like a baby blue. I love that color. Then Track Bread, which is a red, uh, Pavement, which is just a different type of gray from the one we saw earlier. Uh, it looks a tad deeper, and it's probably kind of like that ink like it, like it's just a layer of paint and then a clear coat over it and that's it. No metallic, no nothing. That probably, that, that color probably looks really good. And then a very dark blue called Trueno Blue. Um, I'm going to go with that. Neptune, I really like that color. And then the only option with premium for the inside, black ultra suede with leather trimmed side bolsters. That's it. No packages. Accessories, of course. There's all the crap that you can get that's way overpriced. Cargo nuts for $40. Black lug nuts for $300, are you kidding me, mats, you know, wheel locks, things like that, stuff that most people get anyway from somewhere else that they would much rather have at a better price, um, yeah, there's really nothing, there's really nothing that I, um, that I see would be necessary at all, like, the fender inserts look kind of cool, but, I mean, for, um, $160, Hundred and sixty dollars it's just not worth it. Not I mean not to me it's not anyway. There's all kinds of other stuff, but yeah. Um so kit it out like that. Thirty thousand dollars. There's not a whole lot. I am very surprised. Let's go back. Um let's go back all the way to the beginning and let's pick let's just pick this the base. Let's see if there's anything else we can do. I, I can't imagine there is. Um, like I said, 2.4 liter, 6-speed uh, electronic and controlled automatic, or 6-speed manual. Um, as far as MPG between the two, the automatic is 21 city, 31 highway, 25 combined. And then the manual is 20, 27, and 22. Those are both, like I said, um, city highway combined mpg obviously that's epa estimate that's not a specific everybody you know your mileage might vary um so not a huge difference. i don't know why the manual gets it's one mpg less in the city it's three less four less in the highway and it's three less overall combined that's weird but whatever so let's go same thing still colors interior the only difference between a premium and the basic is black fabric on the inside the other one's leather or ultra suede whatever they call it no packages and the same thing as far as accessories and stuff go so really between the two your differences that you're going to be paying it's just for purely for like creature comfort stuff on the inside it's going to be just small things here and there the one had um the safety thing on the back or whatever that's it that's literally the only difference is between the two they're both going to be the same price or both going to be almost the same car really um, like I said, the premium has a spoiler on it, but like I said, most people that are going to get this car are probably going to heavily customize it anyway. They're probably going to stick their own spoiler on there. So if you are somebody interested in this vehicle, just go for the cheaper version. Um, there's, there's almost no differences between the car and a lot of the stuff that you get on the premium that you don't get on the base is stuff you're going to probably swap out for your own thing anyway. Um, personally, I just don't like the way this car looks enough. I would much rather have the older body style. I just like the way it looks better. And that's the one I would get. Um, But either way, it gets a turbo. Um, uh, So it takes the car stock, 228 horsepower, 2.4 liter Subaru. Attaches a turbo intercooler and goes to 300 horsepower with 258 pound feet of torque. Um, to elevate the car's handling, rigidity brakes, and looks at the next level. Tom's reinforced the frame, added height, adjustable sport suspension, bigger 19 inch wheels and tires, and bigger four piston calibers with bespoke rotors and brake pads. Um, so it goes from 29,000 to 59,000. Uh, putting it in a 382 horsepower, 3 liter GR Supra, and the 480 horsepower Mustang Mach 1 territory. Um... Wow. So this is something you have to get from Tom's. This is not going to be a Toyota version. Like I originally thought the way that I found this story was because someone said, this car is going to finally be offered with a turbo from Toyota. And now I'm just, as I'm reading this now, I'm realizing that's not what Toyota is going to do. Toyota is going to keep it the same. They just updated the car. And this is an aftermarket. This is from Tom's. That's, um, that's disappointing. That's very disappointing. They want to keep costs down. So, I mean, I get that. You can't really bash them for that. It, it, that makes a lot of sense. But, man, the fact that you have to have someone else go and do all of that work. And then it doubles the cost of the freaking car from 29000 to $59,000. That's crazy. That's just a lot. Either way, I'm sure it's worth it. I mean, it's a sweet-looking car, but, man, it's a lot of money. But, yeah, so that's uh, the Tom's Toyota uh, GR86. That is not something that's going to be offered from Toyota. So I apologize because that's initially what I thought. That's the whole reason I brought the story. But I'm already this far into recording, and I'm not going to stop now. So if that's what you thought, then um, I apologize. I was right there with you. I thought the Toyota was going to offer it. And then that's kind of, that's why I went to Toyota's website. And then as I'm sitting here looking at the engine, I realized it says right there 2.4 liter naturally aspirated. It didn't even cross my mind. So that's really, really disappointing, but Hey, whatever. All right. So now, uh, we're going to move on to the next story. This car I like, um, seeing some of the videos and the pictures, uh, this car looks awesome. And I would, if I didn't just buy a car, I would probably be looking at this car. Um, but this is the twenty twenty three Toyota GR Corolla, three hundred horsepower turbo three cylinder six speed manual all wheel drive. Um, you guys may have seen if you're a car person at all, and you've seen it um, like Toyota's so, Toyota social media or maybe Formula Drift. There is a GR Corolla uh, Formula Drift car that's been going around, and then I think Toyota's been using that for like PR type stuff. And it's a good looking little car. Uh, It's a little hatchback. Um, I don't know how big it is, like, you know, compared to like the Impreza, you know, hatch, uh, maybe the Civic, the Civic hatch, I'm not sure. Uh, But it's a good looking car. Um, It's gonna come with uh, two, or it's not gonna come with, it's going to have two options for trim. So it's kind of the core and a circuit edition. Um, The circuit edition adds a carbon fiber roof, hood bulge, um, and a larger rear spoiler. Both trims are rally car wide, and RC car silly in the best way, with chunky vented fenders and a tweaked version of the Corolla's big frown of a grill that makes the GR look like it's laughing. Uh, This is via car and driver. Um, Like I said, I'll add this link to the show description so you guys can go look at it yourself. Um, So, okay, here we go. 257 horsepower. In the Yaris, the engine makes 257 horsepower. The Corolla, the G16E GTS will make an astounding 300 horsepower and 273 pound-feet of torque. 100 horses per cylinder. Um, To have the power output, the Corolla exhaust uses three exhaust exits for reduced back pressure. As a bonus, it looks cool coming out the back. To keep the direct-injected engine together at its 6,500 RPM max power peak, the three cylinders use jets of oil to cool the pistons, large exhaust valves to quickly vent spent gases, and a machined intake port for better flow man and it sounds pretty good too um if i could if i knew where a video was i would just insert the sound in here real quick so you guys could uh hear it but uh, it's already like 1 or 2 a.m so i'm not gonna sit here and try to find that uh, i'll just link you link the story like i said in the description you, you should be able to go in there and then find a video um it's all-wheel drive also um all drive systems dubbed a gr4 front to rear torque distribution, but it can go um, all the way to 30/70 rear, or you can put it at 50/50 however you want. Um, There is no picture that I can see of like the interior. Oh, there's a picture of the interior. I don't know where that knob would be or where that setting would be. You might have to do it from the from the wheel, you know, on the dash. But I do see a little knob um, in the. Middle down below the stick, I'm trying to get to the interior photos of it. There's a lot of photos of it doing donuts and stuff around some track, I don't know where I can't zoom in on it. Okay, that's not gonna help me then. Um, so it doesn't say exactly how that's gonna happen. Um, leather, so the circuit edition, um, leather gets a leather trimmed steering wheel, assigned a shifter. Uh, suede and faux leather sport seats with red details and badges on the headdress the core model gets cloth seats with red without the red accents but both models get a gr-only performance readout in the 12.3 inch uh gauge cluster a short throw shifter and a mechanical parking brake (laughs) hello parking lot shenanigans um apple carplay android auto um this is pretty similar to the standard corolla if anybody's familiar with that as far as the interior goes with the the little things here you know that i've just been saying about um Optional wireless charging, safety and driver assistance features. Um, both versions of the GR Corolla come standard with Toyota Safety Sense 3.0. I'm not 100% familiar with that, but I know I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I don't know what all is included with that, but it comes with a, for both. So it's standard. Um, there's no pricing as of yet. Most everybody is saying between 30 dollars and $40,000 for the core model. Um, we're assuming the track model is probably going to be a little bit more than that. How much more? Don't really 100% know. Um, but that's kind of where all the, the experts estimate it is at the moment. I think it says it's going to be released uh like fall. Let me see. It just came right here. Say, so, Oh, no. It just says later 2022. Um This story says uh hoping for something in the low 30,000 range. I think that's kind of optimistic. It's probably going to be mids mid 30,000 up my guess is a circuit edition is probably going to be in the 40,000 um just because one the carbon fiber and everything but two they know they're going to be able to sell it um they're not going to be a they're not going to have a problem selling it uh but yeah it's a really good looking car i like it it's a little hatchback um it out of the box it looks like a rallycross car just i mean just from the factory it looks really really good it looks like it's a ton of fun to drive um I really wish this had come around earlier because it is definitely something I would have looked into. Um, This would have been a lot. I probably wouldn't have gotten a a manual version just because I drive in the city so often. Um, It would just be much more convenient to have the automatic version. And I know people talk shit about stuff like that all the time. I don't care. If I want to, you know, just drive down the street and go to to pick up my daughter from my mother-in-law's or whatever, I don't want to have to worry about drive and stick all the time i would just rather have to relax and have something automatic i like it that's just personal preference you do whatever you want um i don't know that there's going to be an automatic version of this but it would be cool anyway so that's the 2023 gr corolla um there's already pictures and stats or uh, specs and all that stuff has already been released so you can find that you know wherever you want as far as the release date of the car itself goes and pricing there's nothing concrete yet um, it just says later 2022 and most people are speculating somewhere in the 30,000s. So if you want to find out more, you can go to Toyota's website probably. This was from caranddriver.com. I will link that uh, in the description. Let's go to Toyota right now. Let's go back to Toyota. Um, we'll select the, where's it at? Corolla. Corolla hatchback because my guess is going to be based off of that. Uh, build. Let's see if it even shows anything. My guess is no. Nope. Has the SE Nightshade, the SE, and the XSE, and that's it. So, yeah, there's nothing even on their website yet. I didn't expect there to be, really. I just was, you know, interested. Um, you can, at the upcoming tab, you can look at the GR Corolla, but it's really not much more different. gives you um, specs. We just went over 1.6 liter, three-cylinder turbo, 300 horsepower. GR4 will drive. Um, It doesn't say anything. It comes with Michelin Pilot Sport 4S. The circuit version does. Um, I'm assuming the core version does not. Um, So it's pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good tires. Um, Yeah, it doesn't really say any more than what car and driver pretty much said. There's a lot more pictures if you go to Twitter.com and then upcoming vehicles, there's a lot more pictures. You get a better idea of what it looks like front and back, even inside. Um, it looks pretty good. It's a pretty good looking car. I'm interested to see what colors will be available. That's the one thing I didn't see in the story and it doesn't say here. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to find what colors are, but yeah, that's the 2023 GR Corolla. Now for you uh, back to the future fans. Um, I saw this, I think yesterday. And I decided to throw it in my notes for today's show. Uh, this is via, kind of this is weird, It's via Maxim.com. Not really known for stuff like this, but we're going to use it anyway. So, um, there's going to be, based on this story, a new DeLorean coming out. And it's going to be electric. Um, the only thing at the moment that you can see from the Lorien. They released this picture. It's just like the very, almost straight on from the back, but it's just the driver's side of the vehicle. Well, if you're in America, it's the driver's side. If you're in like Europe, it's the passenger side. Um, and it shows, all you see is like the shape of kind of a wheel, um, a silver body with some rear window louvers. You see a real wide mirror. It looks like it's got a real fat rear end and some just almost straight line tail lights. Um, it's got three lines and they're red. Um, and then you see the lines, the body lines for like you know the trunk or whatever, maybe a spoiler or something in there, and that's it. There's a diffuser too, I can see, and it's like in the middle of the desert or something, and that's it. That's all you can see. There's nothing else. Um, there is a video apparently. I will put that in the in the description too, along with this link, so you guys can look at it. I didn't know there's a video. I just knew there's a picture. Um, so it says the Goldwing DV is fittingly dubbed the DeLorean. DeLorean Evolved, E-V in capital letters, according to Car and Driver. A two-tone silver and black color scheme appears to reference the original's then-futuristic stainless steel construction, and the fastback-style rear roof streaks return in a slightly more subtle and modern form. Um, DeLorean Motors Reimagined, which is the DeLorean Motor Company, um, era, the DeLorean Motor Company-backed outfit behind the Evolved Uh, Also dropped a premiere date of Thursday, August 18th at the prestigious Pebble Beach Concourse to Elegance Auto Show. Three days sooner than first announced. Um, So if you guys are interested in that, and that's something you guys want to uh, look at. Just remember that date. Sometimes I think I think it pops up on YouTube and I'll watch it sometimes. But it's just it's kind of boring. I just like watching the summary stuff afterwards of the cool cars and what won what awards and stuff like that. I don't really pay attention to it if it's broadcast anything, because it's just boring. It's just a bunch of rich people showing off their cars, for the most part. Um, so it says... Uh, excitement is rising like the doors of our iconic sports car, and we were revealing the next generation prototype three days earlier than planned on the most prestigious stage at Pebble Beach, said Troy Beats, CMO of DeLorean Motor Company Incorporated. Other info is scant, but chief executive officer Just De DeVries, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, who previously held positions at Volvo and Tesla, told current driver to expect at least 300 miles of range. Um, the architecture will be bespoke, but the electric motors, battery packs, and other powertrain components will be outsourced. Devries De <laughs> added that Evolved is not a hypercar, but it is engineered for people who want to drive. It shouldn't be hard to best the performance of the un- original's underwhelming 130 horsepower V6. Yeah, no kidding. I remember that um, when I started learning about cars and the DeLorean and everything. I remember how absolutely, just utterly abysmal and disappointing it was when it came out uh but yeah that's all the information there's right now um there's a video for it it was on youtube um i'll post like i said i'll post that uh in the in the show description so you guys can watch the video if you want to i didn't know there was one so i'll watch it too once i'm done recording um ladies i don't remember just Oh, okay. The DeLorean Motor Company, which now operates out of Humboldt, Texas, once promised that the stainless steel shell that made the vehicle in Icon would remain virtually unchanged, but underneath will be a modern 300-350 horsepower engine. Um, it's also unclear whether these electric DMC-12 will be a part of a limited run made legal by the low-volume motor vehicle manufacturer's act like of 2015. This program allows small companies to produce up to 325 cars annually that don't adhere to today's federal safety regulations. Hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll find out more about this when it, uh, in August um, is when they said they're going to officially release everything. Let me find that date. Uh, Thursday, August 18th at the Pebble Beach uh, Car Show. So if you guys are really interested in that, remember that. Um, that was all the stories I had for today. Uh, I, I want I did want to talk about Formula One a little bit. I know that as far as North America goes, there's not a whole lot of people that like it. Um, it took a while for me to get into it. Um, but I did want to talk about it because I'd watched, um, a couple of the races this year. I think I missed the very first one, uh, but I watched the Australian Grand Prix, uh, two days ago or a day ago, Saturday night. Um, and then I watched the Azerbaijan, I think. Maybe that was the first one. I don't remember now. Um, but either way, I watched the new season or the new uh, series season, whatever you want to call it, with the new car. I, I've talked about it on a uh, different episode, you know, all the differences of the new car. And so I'm not going to sit here and go over all of that again. Uh, but the car does look different. It's a little bit bigger. The wheels are bigger. um they made changes to the body work and everything, um, the the way the motor works, downforce, things like that. They, they changed a lot of stuff. They limited some, and they allowed more on some others, the FIA and all that stuff. I'm not gonna, Like I said, I'm not going to expand on all that. Either way, the whole point of all of these changes on this new car was to promote better racing, because one of the things, especially over the last 10, 15 years or so, that took a lot of people away, you know, kind of turned them off from F1, was the lack of passing, the lack of any racing whatsoever you know it was pretty boring um it just it got to a point where somebody figured out how to get to the front and then that was it nothing changed after that the only time anybody made passes or anything major really happened as far as change up in the in the standings of the that specific race was on pit road That was really it um and so the whole reason that the fia we're the one changed all these rules for this car is to make racing better again and go back to when it was just constant side by side and passing and people stayed closer together. And it wasn't just this long, um, just this long strung out train basically where everybody just kind of followed the leader and there was really nothing else going on. Um, so after watching these two races, races, I can say that it worked. It absolutely worked. The racing was so much better. I was actually entertained and I actually kept watching it because I would always try to get involved in formula one. I always tried to watch um, in past years. Sometimes I could, sometimes I could. It just depend on where I could find it, if I could even watch it. Because um, F1 TV, I don't know how long it's been around, but I found that. I can watch the races live, and it's like 10 bucks a month, I think. So I watch the races live now, every every time they're on. Practices, qualifying, that kind of thing too. Um, but before, when I, if I could watch it, if it was easy for me to watch, I would start watching the race, and I would get bored very quickly because almost nothing was going on. People were very afraid to get close to each other. There was very little passing. When there was passing, it was like a five seconds out of you know a two two and a half hour race, and that was it. Nothing else happened. Um, and after watching these two races, I can say it's so much better. The passing is so much better. The cars staying closer together is so much better. The cars seem to be a little more stable, so people are a lot more ballsy when it comes to making passes and going side by side. Um, so it's really cool. The one thing I don't really like—it seems like the the, at the tracks there's a lot more DRS zones. I don't really understand that at all, Um, because it it just feels like there's there's too much of it happening. I guess Um, you know having one or two on one real long straight somewhere that makes more sense, and there was a lot more strategy involved. And now it's just like every time there's a straight, it seems like they can hit the DRS button, and then you know now they have that advantage. DRS for those of you that don't know is downforce reduction system. On the big fat rear wings that they have there's a flap that they, that can electronically open um, i don't know if it's pneumatic or electronic or exactly how any of it works i just know that there's a flap that can open that allows more air to pass through and reduces the downforce on the rear wing so obviously that's not a great thing when going through turns so they only allow it on straights on long straights and so if you are there's a couple of stipulations you have to be behind somebody and you have to be within a certain distance i want to say it's within one second um, of tr- on-track time difference to be able to activate it. Um, and then once you do, you know, there's a pretty big advantage. And so it allows you to pass. And they only allow it within that one second. That way people aren't just making these crazy dive bomb passes just to try and get in front of people. Um, so that's why they added that, that time thing. Um, but anyway, it opens up, allows more air through. And then um, at a certain point down the straight before the turn, the driver doesn't decide when it closes. There is a system built into the track that tells the car to close that flap. I don't know specifically how that works or how they determine where it goes. My guess is they just do it long enough to where the driver can't just forget to close it and then, you know, just demolish the next turn and then eat the wall, you know. My guess is they figured out some distance and then that's just where they set it. Uh, But anyway... So that was pretty cool to see, you know, more people being able to use it to their advantage. But it just felt like almost every straight had a DRS zone. And then people were just like, they're just using it all the time. And the one thing that I saw, I think it was Azerbaijan. I don't remember. It was Azerbaijan or Australia. Either one, I don't remember. There was somebody that was, I was watching them. They popped the DRS. They got around them. Or maybe they didn't quite get around them. I can't remember. And they started going to a turn. But they started turning kind of way before the turn. They started arching out. And they screwed up a little bit because the DRS was still open, and so there was no downforce on the rear tires. There was hardly anything back there compared to what they're used to, and he ended up spinning out into something. So that was interesting to see that kind of strategy needed to be able to um, – the drivers needed to have to use to make sure they didn't screw something like that up. But overall, the racing was a lot better. I did like it a lot more. I was, I was much more entertained, and I watched the entire Azerbaijan race. Um, Australia didn't start until like 10 o'clock here. And so I missed I missed the end of it because I ended up falling asleep because um, I would uh, I went to bed. Uh, we had just put the one year old down and I was laying in bed and had my iPad up. And then I remember waking up and it was just um, it was just that end screen that the app has or something. And I was I don't know, I think it was at lap thirty five or so. I think by the time I fell asleep um, and I think it was 50 or so uh, for that track. So I didn't say wake for all of it. I ended up watching the rest of the next day or well, this morning, actually. Um, well, after my wife went to work and I was watching the kid, I just popped it on and watched it, but it was a lot better. It was a lot better. And it was really cool to see Charles Leclerc. Um, I think he, I think it was practice. It was either practice or qualifying. He crashed. He actually crashed. And then he gets the pole. He wins from the pole. And uh, he led, I think he led every lap. Then he had the fastest lap. Oh no, he may not have led every lap. Let me check it real quick. Um, because it was... Um, I saw it on Formula 1's Instagram. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Pull, win, fastest lap, let every lap. It's called a Grand Slam in Formula 1. And Charles Leclerc got his first one. And it's also the first one of this year. I mean, there's only been a couple of races. But it was really cool to see. And was, he's one of the Ferrari guys. For those that don't follow Formula 1, he's a, a Formula 1 team driver. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because it was just cool to see. Um, it was just... It was, it's always been a fairly boring sport to me, not boring. Those cars are amazing, and the speeds and what they're capable of are amazing. It was just the racing itself was boring, um, and it just took a while, I guess, for them to figure it out. And they finally did, and it's it's a lot better. And I'm hoping they're gonna just want to keep improving upon this. You know, I'm not looking. They're open wheel cars. I'm not looking for NASCAR style side by side beating and banging that type of thing because NASCAR is its own thing. You know, Formula One's different, but to see something where there is more drivers actually around each other, actually racing each other, it would just be awesome. You know, and it was cool to see over the weekend. Um, but I just wanted to mention that. I don't know how many Formula One fans are out there, um, but if, to those of you, if you guys see, I just wanted to, to if you guys watch and you guys hear this, um, I just want to see if you guys agree with me because I. that's what I saw. That's what I thought. Um, I talked about it. I know NASCAR has a new generation of car also um, that they debuted this year. It was actually supposed to debut last year. And then COVID kind of screwed everything up, started testing last year and everything. There was a, there was a slight concern about delays because something to do with crash testing and how I can't remember the specifics. I wish I would remember that story. There was something to do with crash testing that caused concern for delay, but they ended up being able to fix it pretty quickly. Um, so now everybody's good. There's three, Manufacturers in NASCAR, it's Ford, it's the Ford Mustang, the Chevy Camaro, and um, the Toyota Camry. I was going to say Supra. Supra is the Xfinity car. Um, and those are all the next-gen cars, and they're, they're wider. They look a lot different. The driver's closer to the center. Uh, single uh, lug nut now instead of, you know, six. Um, dual exit uh, exhausts instead of a uh, single side. They used to go out the passenger side. Or maybe it was the driver's side. I don't remember. They used to go out only one side. Now they go both sides. Um, instead of a solid live axle rear um, rear axle, and uh, now it's two independent uh, transaxles. I guess is what you call them. Um, the independent arm suspension on the back. Um, the cars are much much more similar um, body wise. Um, there's not as much variance in them. There is differences, but it's not it's not as drastic as it used to be. Um, some people argue that it should go back to the way it was where it's, you know, off the showroom floor. You know, they pretty much cut everything out of it. Um, motor um, and then put it, you know, a some type of spec motor in there. All the stuff from the inside that's not needed. Just a driver's seat, a steering wheel, you know, and a dash. Um, obviously take off the stock wheels and tires and put on something that's going to be able to handle 200 miles an hour. Things like that, you know, and then basic safety systems. Some people argue that and I actually... Do agree with that partially because it'd be really interesting to see that, to see an off the showroom Camaro, an off the showroom Mustang, and an off the showroom Corolla, um, that distinct each body style on a track. Like some people say that they shouldn't be changed at all, but I that's like mm, that's going to create some boring racing because there's no way a top of the line Corolla is going to keep up with a top of the line Camaro or Mustang that Chevy or Ford would put in it. There's just no way in hell it's not going to happen. Um, not to mention that, they're two different cars. The Mustang and Camaro are two-door cars, and the Corolla is a four-door sedan, family sedan. That's just not this is crazy. That's not going to work. But what I think would be cool is if they took the actual body shell, the exact replica of a Corolla, replica of a Camaro, replica of a Mustang, and stuck them on the track. That would be interesting to see. It would just be cool to see that because it would be reminiscent, uh, reminiscent of the days before they all kind of went to... Uh, the shell bodies and stuff like that, and everything was kind of um, sanctioned or what, it, how, whatever word you would use for it, where NASCAR took over and kind of made everybody keep everything to a certain spec. Um, I like the spec thing because, like I said, it makes better racing. Much more, um, much more similar parts and and uh, performance across all of the teams and all the manufacturers make for better racing. That's a better thing for the fans overall. Plus it also helps with finding the person who can actually drive the dang thing and not who put more money into the car. But either way, that's just what's happening. So that would be cool. But I do like that, um, the cars are being one. A lot of it is to help cut costs, but two, it's to make it much more in the driver's hands versus in the team or in the, in the owner's hands, whoever can put more money in the car. And that's, always a good thing, especially for fans. It's always a good thing. So it's going to be awesome to see that as the, as it progresses. And we've already seen every track super speedway, obviously that opens the year every year with NASCAR at Daytona. Um, We went to Martinsville last weekend. um, And then we were at Coda two weeks ago. I want to say Coda two weeks ago. um, Circuit of the Americas in Texas. And so we've seen every, pretty much every track intermediates road courses, Super Speedway short track. So it's, you know, it's cool to see. The only thing now that's left to see this year, um, and I don't know if they're, I think they're doing it again. I just don't know when, um, would be dirt. I hope they do the Bristol dirt thing again. I did like it last year. I think there's some kinks to be worked out, but I did like it. It was cool to watch. Um, And I think that should be something that should be maybe not always at Bristol, but something that should happen every year for NASCAR to take those drivers back, you know, to where everything started. Um, once a year, it doesn't need to go back to dirt all the time because there's a lot of idiots out there that um, that argue that that NASCAR should be dirt all the time. I don't agree with that at all. It's evolved. It's a different sport. It's not 1955 anymore. The 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 technology and the sport has changed. It's evolved. It's different. There's no reason to go back to that. It's a pavement track. It's a pavement sport now. That's just where it's going to stay. That's where it needs to stay. But it would be cool to see something on the dirt every now and then, like Bristol. Um, like I said, I can't remember if that's happening again this year. I'm pretty sure they said it was, but I just don't remember for sure. Um, uh, if it does, we'll talk about it. I'm sure I'll talk about it because there was a cool race to watch last year. Um, the racing with that, it has gotten better. I would say, um, it's different. It's interesting. I also know that, you know, it's still very early in the season and these are all brand new situations for these teams and drivers and cars and everything, um, they're still figuring stuff out. They're still trying to get notes and all these things, all this data that they need to be competitive in these cars. So it's kind of weird. All these kinks are going to get worked out. Everything's going to happen over the season. But I, I I believe by the mid-season race, which is what, the Pepsi 400, I think? I can't remember. Or maybe the Coke 600. I don't remember. It's one of those those big uh, super speed races. Are about, it's in July <laughs> Roughly middle of the season. By then, I think we'll figure out who's going to be dominant as far as teams and drivers go uh, for NASCAR. Formula One, that's really hard to say. Um, there, there's just too, there's too many teams, first of all. But there's so there's a lot of really good drivers, and it just changes every race. Um, we had kind of gotten used to seeing Lewis Hamilton dominate, you know, over the past what ten years or something like that. It was just always him. And then this year, Mercedes is having a huge issue with, I want to say it's their, their power plants, their motors. They're just not producing the power and the speed that they are used to and that they need with these new cars, and they have struggled. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that team can figure that out um, and come back this year. We'll, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, Max Verstappen won the championship last year. Um, and he's kind of the kid I'm rooting for. He kind of came from nowhere. He had a lot of bad luck um, for a long time. Um, it kept, it seemed like anyway, he just kept getting the short end of the stick and sometimes intentionally. Um, you know, who knows? Obviously, nobody's going to admit to any of that. But either way, he's just kind of the guy I was rooting for. Um, it was Michael Schumacher for a long time because I grew up, when I did watch Formula One when I was a kid in the 90s, I would watch uh, Michael Schumacher and he was just. He was the guy I would root for. Um, but now it's been, it was Daniel Ricciardo. And uh, before Max Verstappen, um, before he started showing up and, and like regularly finishing very well, um, it was Sebastian Vettel. I always rooted for Vettel because um, he was just the kid. He was the underdog. Um, and then he just started whooping ass. And I, I don't know what happened. He's with Austin Martin now, and I really don't know what's going on. It's kind of the same thing with Lewis Hamilton, too, just out of nowhere that both of them are just kind of like they drop off the radar. I really don't know what's happening. Um, you know, So hopefully those guys can get that stuff figured out. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm rooting for Max Verstappen, too, and Red Bull. Uh, between him and Vettel, those are my guys. As far as Formula One goes, those are who I root for. They're not on the same team. I know that. But those are just my drivers. Um, and NASCAR, it was Jeff Gordon for a long time. But then he left, and I really didn't know who I would root for. And then Kyle Larson came out of nowhere, from being from dirt, um, and actually watching him win at my local home track once, uh, years and years ago. He now he's the one I root for, and he now he drives for Hendrick, which is who Jeff Gordon drove for. And I rooted for anybody Hendrick, you know, for a long time. And now I'm, even if it's Hendrick, I'm always going to root for Larson unless Larson's out of the race. Then if it's a Hendrick car, excuse me, if it's a Hendrick car, I'm good. Um, But yeah, Um, like I said, sorry for uh, the delay in releasing episodes, Um, you know, just with everything that happened, all of a sudden the schedule change um, and then now there's another schedule change and then just, you know, life in general, um, it got away from me. I honestly didn't realize that it had been almost two months until I think last week or the week before, Um, I realized that it had been almost two months since I released an episode and I needed to release another one. So I just decided, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to get some stories real quick, uh, put on an episode to kind of get back into it. So I'm sorry if this episode seems a little rough. Um, I just needed to get back into it. Um, and it had been, like I said, it's been almost two months since I released an episode. Um, and I just wanted to just get back into the groove and uh, just find my, my, you know, routine again <laughs> when it comes to this as far as finding stories and recording and editing and all that. So if this seems a little rough, I apologize. It will get better next week. I promise once I get back into it. Um, I just needed to get something out because it's been so long um, that I just felt like I was. If I didn't do it, I wasn't gonna do it. So, uh, hopefully, this will become more of a regular thing. That's always been my plan. But like I said, until I start like making money from this or something, which I don't. That's not my goal. You know, that's not what I see happening. That's not exactly what I'm striving for. If I do, that'd be great. I'm not gonna say no, but until this becomes something where. I could possibly make somewhat of a living off of it, or it just becomes something that is so in demand um, that I can't say no to it. um, Then it's, you know, every now and then I'm probably going to miss. I'm going to forget from week to week. um, And hopefully I can release it. I want to release every week. uh, But like I said, with life, I'm going to forget every now and then. That's that's all right. Um, But anyway, um, that's this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Find me, On Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter now too. I think I made one since the last time I recorded. Um, Instagram is gasoline underscore and underscore caffeine underscore pod. That's the Instagram. Um, I try to stay somewhat active on there and post regularly. I've been trying to post like race updates and stuff every weekend. Like, um just like a summary like supercross my brother's really into supercross and i've followed it for a long time so i upload those nascar formula one indycar things like that i just try to try to upload that kind of stuff just in case you missed it for whatever reason um i'm trying to find more content to share just funnier stuff um i would like a lot more user generated like followers submitted content that's kind of my goal but i've got to build that up first um but if you guys have an instagram and you have any interest at all please go give me a follow um it's. I'm also on Twitter. I, Twitter's kind of terrible, um, but I made one anyway because you know there's a, it's just a lot of people out there that could um, that could see any of it. Um, and Twitter, I am G underscore and underscore C underscore Pod. And the only reason it's not the same is because the other one was taken. So it's weird. I don't know. It wasn't taken on Instagram, but it was taken on Twitter. Whatever. So um, I made a Twitter just. I, you know, just to make one because there's potential audience there that, um, I could engage with and gain followers from. It's really the only reason I took it. I'm never on there. Usually when I share posts on Instagram, I, um, automatically share it to Twitter just to put something there. It's like I said, it's not something I'm active on it personally. It's for the most part, terrible, but whatever it's, it's there. Like I said, there's potential audience there. That's the only reason I have it. Um, but if you're interested in either one of those and you have either one of those, please go give me a follow. Um, I'll try to remember to leave links for those in the show description. I always forget for some reason, and I don't know why. Um, I always put the articles I read from the show in the show description, but I always, for whatever reason, forget about social media. Don't know why. just happens every time. Uh, But like I said, yeah, give me a follow. uh, If you guys are on there, you have any interest at all. If not, don't. That's fine. Um, My podcast now is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts uh anchor fm it's now on amazon amazon podcast or prime podcast i can't remember the name of it. it's new and then also um, audible you can listen to it there too if you have one of those or if you prefer to listen to podcasts and stuff on there um you can go there now um i'm on there i should be on there anyway the last time i checked everything was verified and good to go then you know that doesn't mean there's not hiccups on their end um but hopefully it's good to go but thank you guys for listening anyway thank you guys for sticking around i apologize for it being so long but we're back um, or I'm back, I guess. There's no one else here. Well, I hope there's no one else here. Um, try to make this a regular thing um, so you guys can have you know, a show to listen to every week. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, I will try to make another show next week. I'm off Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays now, so I have plenty of time to record. Hopefully I can remember to do that and kind of get into a routine where I'm doing that. That way um, there's always constantly episodes. Um, if you guys have content or stories or something you want me to talk about and share, please don't hesitate to send me an email, um, a message on Twitter, Instagram. It doesn't matter if you guys have anything at all. Um, just send it to me. If you don't know how, find one of those. Um, and then, um, just get a hold of me and I'll tell you how I have an email for this now to, for this uh, podcast, or I believe I do. I thought I made one. Yes. Gasoline and caffeine pod at gmail.com. Um, I have merch too. Uh, if you guys go to that link in the Instagram website description or Instagram description that links to a website that has my podcast on it, but there's also a link to merch there too. And it's just like a t-shirt a hat and a sweater is really all it is right now. Cause it's the only things I can think of that anybody would buy. So if you have any interest in those at all, please go over there. My margins are minimum for those. It's mostly just to get the name out there and you have you guys, you know, have something cool to wear. Um, it's very cheap and I make very, very, almost nothing off of each one. Um, I made my margin, margins very thin just to try and get people to wear them for now. And I don't plan on changing that unless um, this is something that's going to start taking much more of my time. And I feel like I need to up those margins. That's, you know, but for now they're very cheap. I want to say the t-shirt like 10 bucks. It's not a lot. Either way, I've been rambling on for too long. I always end up doing this at the end of the shows and I need to stop doing that. So I'm going to end it now. Thank you guys for listening again. This has been Gasoline Caffeine. My name is Cameron. Um, Look out next week. I am, like I said, I'm going to try and make this a weekly thing. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. I will see you guys next time.